Hello, listeners. Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Include it with Prime. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You are listening to Canadian Gothic, a series by the Nighttime Podcast. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to what may be the most fundamentally unsettling series this show is engaged in. I'm talking about the listener-led Encounters with Creeps series. In this episode, which is the fifth in the series, Madeleine Klein and I will again offer the show to nighttime listeners as a platform to share their encounters with the far too many creeps that are lurking around out there. So let's not waste any time, and let's get into another round of creep encounters. And one other thing before we start, the cringiness of these stories may have distracted me a bit and led to my microphone settings being, well, creepy. I apologize for the poor quality of my recording for the first half of this episode, but don't blame me for it. Blame the creeps. Let's go. Ms. Madeleine Klein, and how are you this evening? Oh, I'm dandy. I'm slowly but surely recovering. I've been a little under the weather all week, but... I saw a TikTok video where you're like on death's door delivering content from bed. That's hardcore. Yeah. I had just relocated from my bed to the couch, posted that, and then went back and then took another nap. It was it was pretty good. Amazing. Um, your name is unique, Madeleine. Did anyone ever like find a way to make fun of your name? Like, Because I'm with Bonaparte, I was often called Boner. Did you ever get anything uh... like that? No. What about maybe it's Madeline? No. Okay. Never. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, what's up? What's new <laughs> other than being sick? Um, not too much. Other than being sick, I got a lot of TV time in, and I watched the Anna Nicole Smith documentary, and it, it was so good. I'm really? like enamored with her. Yeah. Really, I, I yeah. picture it being like really like scandalous and salacious and wild. It is absolutely fabulous. Like, I obviously knew who Anna Nicole Smith was, but because, like, she died when I was 14. So okay. I really only knew the later years of her and when she was... And I only do, too. Oh, okay. Oh, no. She she had quite the life. She was very successful. And she, like, she was so beautiful and I'd say pretty smart. But, yeah, I was really surprised. I really, really highly recommend this documentary. Um, well, let's get into it. We're here for our, I think this is our fourth or fifth episode where we're going to explore a variety of listener contributed 
encounters with creeps. And we got a good one tonight because it's not going to be just random creeps on the street. We're going to start sprinkling in some creepy neighbors as well. And oh, I'm so excited for this. Yeah, and the creepy neighbors, uh, they add, I've listened to them to kind of pre-vet them before we play them. And uh, yeah, it's going to add an interesting flavor to it. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll do both your typical run-of-the-mill creep on the street. And then we'll move on to the creep who's far too close for comfort. And you may have to encounter day in and day out until one of you are like, I'm leaving. Until one of you can't take it anymore. Um, Before we do, though, I like to start our discussions and our encounters with creep stories with a mainstream, a mainstream case of a creep who's doing something in the Canadian news. I have one that I'm going to air for a kind of an interesting reason because I guess the jury's out on whether this person's a creep and you'll see why, but I think there's some elements to this story that are, that are very interesting. So this is a story about that's in the news right now about an, a, a priest who's been accused of sexual assault. It's a 69 year old priest from the Ukrainian Catholic Aparchy of Saskatoon named Yanko Kolasanji. And he's been placed on administrative leave after being charged in connection to a March sexual assault allegation from a 13-year-old girl. So this, is, I guess, is pretty close to you, Saskatoon. That's your back I was going to, as soon as you said Ukrainian, I was like, it's somewhere in Saskatchewan. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be, yeah. So so the actual allegations about him have, have made the news. I'm going to play you that clip. But I think as the clip airs, you'll see why uh, why we're going to talk about this one. But here's here's how the story of his first court appearance was shared. A Saskatoon priest has pleaded not guilty to sexually assaulting a teen girl. Reverend Yanko Kolosnai was not present in the courtroom. His lawyer made the not guilty plea on his behalf. The 69-year-old man is accused of sexually assaulting a 13-year-old girl at St. George Ukrainian Catholic Church on March 11th. The next day, the girl's mother went to the police station to report the alleged crime. Right after the charges were laid, the Ukrainian Catholic Eparchy of Saskatoon expressed compassion to both the girl and the priest. We feel sorry for the, that family and anything that they're going through, but also compassion for Father Yanko and uh, the difficulties that he and his family will face as well as the parishioners. Kolosnaya has been suspended from his pastoral and administrative duties pending the outcome of his charge. He's scheduled to be back in court on June 13th when trial dates will be set. And the weird thing about that is I've never really seen like people actually supporting you in the news when you're being faced with allegations of um, sexual assaulting a 13-year-old as a 69-year-old man. It was as a, a spokesperson for the church expressed, you know, uh, concern for the victim and their family, but also the priest and his family. But that wasn't it. They actually took it a step further. The news was kind of, that, that news clip was actually pretty generous with the spokesperson for the church by only using a small part. She, she actually said a bit more, and I'm going to play that before we talk about it. Uh, okay. In this clip, that same spokesperson continues their, their, their statement to kind of downplay what may have happened. Listen to this and try not to cringe too hard. The variety of events that could qualify as sexual assault is very, very broad. And so we want to just caution everyone from jumping to conclusions at this point. We know nothing. 
um, but we have no reason to believe it was particularly serious. Uh, we are taking steps, though, to keep people safe, and that's why the administrative leave. I Wow. <laughs> First, I hate that woman so much. Oh, my God. Um, I I was so confused when we played the original clip. I was like, why, why are some, you know, what are you talking about? Some people are back Sporting. and forth. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Even if you were going to support him, there'd have to be a, like, as his, you know, fellow Congress, uh, you know, people who work at the church of them, there'd have to be a better way to do it than being like, we don't think it was particularly serious. And there's such a wide variety of ways that this, this you know. is so on brand for the church. Like, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I should stop myself, but like, this is just further proving that religion is a cult. Oh my. Like she's she's 13 and she's trying to downplay, you know, nothing's been proven, sexual assault is broad. But what yeah, Girl. why not just like this you would think like I'm I'm not a spokesperson for anything, but I think the the right way to go about it would some be something like we support the investigation, we want to find out whatever happened and you know, make right. a decision at the time that the facts become available to us. And as if, as if priests are, like, they've already got quite the track record. Yeah. Why? Oh, oh, I'm so angry. <laughs> uh, well, she's, she is also a creep, this spokesperson. Yep, yeah, yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's move on to the listener contributed stories. The first one we're going to hear is the story about a creep at a hospital who also becomes a creepy customer. Listen to this one. Hey, Jordan. Um, love the podcast. Um, I have a uh, an encounters with creep story. Um, a few years ago, I had to leave work to go to the emergency room, unfortunately. Um, I still had my work shirt on when I went to the emergency room. And in the waiting room, this guy started talking to me. And at first, like, it was just normal conversation. Like, oh, we're waiting for a while. Like, let's pass time. But then he started asking these really personal questions. And it got really uncomfortable. Uh, thankfully, we got separated for a little while after that, which was kind of a relief because, like I said, things were getting uncomfortable and awkward. Um, but when I was leaving a few hours later, I seen him again. Um, and it seemed like he was waiting. I don't know if he was waiting for a ride or if he was waiting for me, but he was just sitting at the exit. So I just made this offhand comment like, oh, like, we're finally done. See you around. And he goes, yep, see you at work. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, that's a really weird thing to say. So I left. I immediately called a friend of mine just in case he followed me to the bus stop where I was going and was like, uh, like I just want to chat because it's a creepy guy, whatever. 
Um, so a few weeks later, the same guy showed up at my work. Um, and he started singing to me. Very uncomfortable, very awkward, very weird. But the thing is, he would show up to every shift at that job. And it was scary. The fact that he was showing up, he would sing to me every time, stare me in the eyes. It was super, super weird. Um, eventually, that stopped happening. And I went to another job at a doctor's office. And I seen him come in and I ran to the doctor. I was like, can I hide in here? Um, because this guy has been had been following me in the past. And he said, oh, shoot, is it this guy? I said, yeah. He said, yeah, you better sit down. Um, when I worked at another office a few years ago, he cornered a nurse in one of our elevators. And they were alone. And he said, what would you do if I stopped the elevator right now and raped you? And yeah, super fucking creepy. Sorry if I'm not supposed to swear on your show, but yeah. So thankfully, I stopped seeing that guy around. Thanks. I always enjoy the way they ended. Thanks. Uh, Bye. Th there's a lot to unpack with that one. First of all, we've had quite a few creep encounter stories that involve like hospitals, nurses, waiting rooms. This one she goes to, and I don't know if you caught this at the beginning, but she goes to the hospital for whatever reason, for an appointment, but she's wearing her, her work uniform or her work shirt. And that's what kind of leads to him showing up. But um, And it escalated quite quickly. Well, like to be singing at someone right off the bat is a big move. And more than once. Like, I mean, even once would just do me right over. But... <laughs> Multiple and you would just times. fall in love like this is this is oh no. no the opposite <laughs> yeah like oh my god that's, yeah, that's and thank god that not that he came into her new place of work but that the doctor knew of a of another incident mm -hmm. but like that's that, that feels that, illegal yeah that other incident like if like you, that's a threat i would think if you did that to someone in an elevator uh, that would be crossing some kind of legal criminal law. I don't know what it would be, but and just I like, don't why know. would you? Why would you ever say that? Yeah. What did you think was going to happen? Well, it's probably like... as weird of a thing to do as like trying to like pick someone up at the hospital. True. I was. That's what I was wondering. I was like, okay, so what? She was in the emergency room or wherever. Was he also like a patient or? Now I'm getting the impression he just hangs around hospitals. Yeah, there's a whole separate like kind of fetish thing this guy has with hospitals, waiting rooms, nurses, the medical profession. Like that. Yeah, this. Uh, I think I need to know more about this story to understand it. But at this point, I'm like, yes, this dude is a serious creep. If we had his name, I'll bet you it would come up on Google. He's yeah. probably registered. He's been mentioned in some articles before. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's awful. Uh, hospitals, waiting rooms, they've been sort of a reoccurring setting for these. I, I think the next one is not going to be our first story that takes place at a gas station. Some of this. Gas stations oh, and restaurants. Yeah, we had the yeah, we I think last week we may have or last episode, I think we may have had two gas stations. But anyway, listen, listen to this gas station group. 
Hi, Jordan. I am a Florida listener, and I came over from Orbit. Um, thank you for all the amazing work you and your co-hosts do every day, and thank you all for keeping me company on my long drive to and from school. I really enjoy your podcast. Recently, I've been listening to your encounters with creep stories, and something extremely creepy happened to me in the last week that I wanted to share because it is something that may happen to a lot of people. At a gas station the other day in the morning, I was filling up gas for work, and I was just about done, and I noticed a man was jiggling the door handle on the passenger side of my car, trying to get into my car, either to steal my stuff or to get into the car and stay in the car, which is what I think he was trying to do. Um, I asked him politely to stop and told him that I was going to call the police, and he obliged and started walking away and moving his bike, which he apparently had with him, um, giving me enough time to get in the car and relock the doors and start driving away. But he ended up coming back to the car when I got to the intersection, and I was at the mercy of oncoming traffic to determine when I can leave the situation and the parking lot of the gas station. Anyway, I got to that intersection, and the guy pulled up on his bicycle, when I say bike, I mean bicycle, and he started jiggling the door handle, begging me to let him in his car, telling me I was beautiful, and started saying very um, rude and sexual comments, and I'm still shaken by it. I ended up dialing 911. I didn't call because I didn't get his name or a very apt description of him, so I just let it slide. But it was very creepy, and I wanted to bring awareness to the possible issues at gas stations, I guess, and how vigilant people must be, especially women, at gas stations with locking your doors and making sure you don't have any personal items in the passenger side. Anyway, thank you for everything you guys do, and I appreciate you all keeping me company on my long drive. Have a great day. Hi. Uh uh, like I think she, trying she had, to get into her car. Yeah, I, I would. I would change that from like encounters with creeps to like super close call. Yeah, heaven like, forbid she had an old car that you couldn't automatically lock. Yeah, or had to like go in and Ugh. pay because you know if like some people yeah. you you will like go in to pay or buy you know bars or pop or something like that. Uh, it would have given him ample ample opportunity to actually get in the car. And there's there's that whole. Uh, kind of this cliche from like a horror movie. It's like you get in your car and you're driving and you maybe adjust your rear view mirror and then you just see someone in the back seat. You know, oh. like she could have had that sort of thing. And and of course this guy's on a bike. There's two people, there's two types of people who ride bikes, fitness people and like complete weirdos. And yes. No, you're right. <laughs> that's I just that's like the, the two genre of bike driver. And yeah, I, and they, they hang and around lunatics. gas stations. Yeah, what's with that? Hey, so, uh, gas stations have a unique place in our society where they are kind of like a town square to an extent. Just like a Tim Hortons is kind of like City Hall, a gas station is this kind of like town square. And every city in Canada has like a gas station that's sort of like, you know, like uh, the center of the city. I'm sure you got one in yeah. Regina. Oh, yeah. We've got a few. Well, actually, her story reminded me of once at 7-Eleven. I encountered this weirdo and uh, I was just in line patiently waiting for my to pay for my taquitos <laughs> and yeah he, I can't believe I forgot about this maybe I blocked it out 
but he was very odd obviously probably on some sort of drugs but was telling me that he had like gotten clean at one point and i was oh. like oh god so yeah he was just like kind of super out there and then he showed me i can't remember if i i wouldn't have been in scrubs but i want to know he's like he maybe knew i worked at the hospital or something he pulled up his sleeve and he had like this open gaping wound oh, like an abscess yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, what is going on here? Like, I just, I was so confused. And this all happened within, I don't know, three to four minutes. Like this was, it was thankfully a quick encounter, but it yeah. was just like, dude, what yeah. the, what? <laughs> Why? Oh. Why are men at gas stations so confident? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, what, what are they drinking? That makes them so proud yeah, of themselves he, there. Uh, and then, and Doing then she drives. In that last story, she drives away. He catches up with her on his bike, finds Ugh. her at an intersection where she's like stuck in traffic, basically. And he continues, except it sounds like he's ramping it up there with like vulgar speech, which is like there's, it's it's uh you know catcalling's one thing, but then there's this extra kind of step of it that's sort of this like aggressive harassment version of catcalling. Sounds like she was maybe victimized by that. Absolutely. Well, and especially like she had gone away and told him previously, like, leave me alone. I will mm -hmm. call the police. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, he tried to convince her. Mm. It's. I think that was going to be a tough sell, but he went for it. I'm uh, just I'm... wondering if this approach ever works. Um, like, it can't. Yeah. And this is in Florida when she said, I'm just calling from Florida. Were you like, oh, yeah, here we go. Yeah. Well, actually, just yesterday, I was thinking Regina is really the Florida of of Canada or I Saskatchewan, I should say. Just yeah, some of the some of the things I see on the news, I'm just like, huh, hmm. interesting. Well, <laughs> it might it might keep Canada weird series. Uh, I'm finding like the odd and offbeat Canadian news stories. Saskatchewan carries more than their fair share of weight on that series. I often have a Saskatchewan story. Um, weird place. Oh yeah. But <laughs> we're going to go back to the U S for the next story. This is, this is a good one. I've, I've never been a beard person. I've tried to grow a beard. I found it itchy and unappealing. I didn't like the way it looked. I didn't like the way it felt. Uh, this next story makes me actually glad I didn't push through and grow a beard because as you will hear a listener named Zach's beard, uh, beard causes a lot of trouble at a bar. Listen to this. Hey, this is Zach from Pittsburgh again, um, calling in uh, in regards to the encounters with creeps. So there's this bar close to me. I'll leave the name out of it. Um, it's under new management now, but back in the day, it was kind of like a seedy kind of place. So I'd go in, and the only reason I would go into this place was to get a six-pack. Um, go in, grab a six pack, go back to the apartment, drink the beer, don't drink down there. Um, so I walk up to the bar and I, you know, flag down the bartender and she's like, oh yeah, I'll get you your six pack. You know, everything's cool. And this couple had been staring at me <laughs> since I walked in and without any preamble, <laughs> The wife, with, wife or girlfriend with the guy there, just looks at me straight in the face and goes, 
that's a cool beard. But you that tickles down below. And I'm like, uh, okay, uh, sure. And she's just like looking at me like intently. And her husband is sitting there next to her and just nodding his head. Like, yeah. Yeah, I bet it does. Like, totally nonplussed by the fact that she just said, oh, well, some stranger with a big beard <laughs> tickles down below. Um, so I, I got my six-pack and just bugged on out of there. But, yeah, those are uh, just weird, like, creeper kind of things. It's like n neither of these people knew me <laughs> at all, obviously. And it was like... Dude, like, what, you say these things to complete strangers, <laughs> like, so, yeah, a bunch of creepers at a local bar. <laughs> I love his accent. It's only subtle, but the way, every time he says bar, I felt I was in, like, a Dwight Yoakam song or something. <laughs> he kind of says bar like you. <laughs> bar. Does he? No. Or do I? Mar Maritimes people say bar and car weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I... Uh, I, well, I, a few first thing I gotta say is I don't think you can buy a six pack of beer at a bar in Nova Scotia. Well, I'm trying to that. think. Like, there's not right at the bar. There's like restaurants and bars here with like an off sale attached to it, but it's never like you never go up to the bar and yeah. would order something to go if you will. But maybe this is when people like when Americans talk about freedom. Maybe this is what they mean. Like they can do stuff like that. Because I think here, maybe. if I went to a bar. And I was like, can I have six beer? Maybe like, no, you can have one beer. I yeah. think that's what would happen. And, and, one beer. and then he's like buying, by the sounds of it, he's buying the beer and leaving to drink it elsewhere because of this super sketchy bar near his house where, which, with this crazy couple. Imagine, and I like, like how he like mentioned like this bar, you would take the alcohol and not drink it in, in the bar. <laughs> Uh, he also protected the bar's image a bit. He wouldn't name them. They're under new management now. He's his way of saying like, I got no problem with the new version of the bar, but it, <laughs> the old version. Oh, that's, uh, uh, yeah. And I mean, swingers actually, exist, I I guess, but, but was it a swinger or someone with just a horrible sense of humor? Because some people will just say stupid stuff like that. And, that's and, true. And just like disgust you, but they may think they're just making a light joke. Yeah, it's hard to say, especially mm -hmm. in that like environment. And uh, I'm picturing like an older couple. It, yeah, and I want to know more them. about this couple. Yeah, there's two of them there, like the husband and the wife, or the you know the male and the female. I could see one of them having that awful abrasive sexual sexualized sense of humor, but the other one going along with it maybe implies. Uh, I also want to uh, know. Almost got picked up. I want to know what kind of facial hair the husband had. Oh. This is imperative to the story. <laughs> oh, but yeah, maybe he like, can't grow a beard. He can't grow a beard. The husband and the wife has always wanted to be with a man with a beard. And maybe, maybe. the husband accepts. Like I can't give her the one thing she needs. If Zach can, then I'm going to just then he's in. Then I'll support that tonight. And he tells his wife, you know, there he is. See how it goes. She says. I bet you that tickles down below. And Zach rolls his eyes and gags. Like, oh, oh. like <laughs> this poor man. Because he, he didn't want to be rude. But he was obviously like, ooh. No thanks. <laughs> like, oh my god. Uh, yeah. And it was I, probably like 7pm. It was probably yeah. really early. <laughs> oh. um, so, 
we're going to start moving to the creepy neighbor stories. But before we do, we've heard from a lot of people who share stories of encounters with creeps that have had different ways of dealing with it. Maybe some flee, maybe some, you know, uh, I think we had one person who approached someone being encountered by a creep and pretended they were like their friend to kind of protect them, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but I have, uh, I found this news story that I couldn't help but air for you. I don't know if you've seen it before. I've never seen this before. It is a clip that was filmed on a subway in New York in 2015. There is, I'll set the scene because a lot of people will only hear the audio of this and not see the video, but a woman is sitting on one side of the subway train and she is the woman holding the camera across the train from her, like, you know, four feet in front of her, there's a very creepy looking young man with a large kind of bag on his lap, watching her and seeming to be like aroused by her and is maybe acting on that arousal. Um, so this woman is encountering a creep, but this woman is the last person on earth that this man should have tried to do this to, because she is not having it for one second. Uh, and she films him the entire time that she berates him for what he's doing. Listen to this. are watering <laughs> i adore this woman oh my god well good there's nothing like a good public shaming to yeah. really get someone to clean their act up yeah everyone on the train was like oh he picked the wrong person and everyone's like should we get off like <laughs> yeah. oh she was having none of it and she was actually ramping it up at first she was telling him to stop and then she was making him say like i will get off 
Yeah. And then she's like, so, no, get up and like wait by the door. <laughs> do we have an understanding? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, and, and I liked her approach was good because well, for one, she was so forceful, but also she wasn't kind of criticizing what he's doing. Like if you if you want to do it, do it off the train. Do yeah. not do it on the train around me. <laughs> like it's what was happening was not funny, but good good on her, man. It's hard not to laugh. And uh uh, there is a short update to that. I, I actually went down oh. a bit of a rabbit hole reading about her and about the man because this clip went viral from 2015. But the the actually, I, I got two paragraphs from an article. Listen to how they worded: the creep who was eviscerated in a videotaped rant by a fellow subway rider for pleasuring himself on a crowded train has been arrested for the incident and for a similar act that happened months earlier. Authorities say. Kevin Cuff, 23 of the Bronx, of the Bronx, was busted last week and charged with public lewdness for allegedly masturbating on trains on August 15th and in December of 2015, which is the the, the viral video one. <laughs> yeah, but, so not his first offense. So I'm very well, glad that that was what she did. I will dare say he we will think twice before he ever does it around someone who looks like they are going to. I, I have no he, doubt he that he might that woman think twice about doing it in private. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my I'm, god! Yeah, I found that video and I was like, I have to play that for Madeline. Yeah, have you ever seen that before? No, never. <laughs> well, that's, I, that's just... probably my fifteenth time watching it. <laughs> I'm and about it, to watch it more because that's amazing. Yeah. And, and the video is great. I'll link to the video in the episode description. But every so often, like most of the camera, like she's not paying much attention to where she's pointing. So most of the time it's like at his feet. But every so often you see his face and the dude is terrified. Like he well, knows he's busted. Be? There's no denying it. Oh, man, absolutely would be. Um, but I, I wouldn't have gotten like, myself in that position. Well, thank God. I don't understand why these people do this like why would you it, like in public no less mm -hmm. i just i don't understand is it entitlement is it just general stupidity is it a little bit of both or or could they be like have no control over themselves like a, like i don't know like an actual sickness where they like an addiction or something like that guy in that video getting eviscerated by the woman he looked just so creepy and weird like he didn't look like he was confident or anything he looked he fit the profile and, he certainly fit the profile. Yeah. Yeah, that's just... Ugh. Let's get into the bad neighbors. We need a break from generic creeps. Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm, I've been looking forward to these. These are going to be so good. Because people in their natural habitats are somehow even weirder. Oh, it, yeah, they are. And I think when I heard these creep stories... Uh, of neighbors, creepy neighbors, the the part of it that is challenging to accept is, or, or just challenging to understand is that they're stuck near these people. When you encounter a creep on the subway, you likely will never see them again. When it's your neighbor, you see them day in and day out. And we're going to hear some of that. Let's start with um, Kelly's bad neighbor. Here we go. Hi, Jordan. My name is Kelly. I'm from Southern Illinois in the United States. This is in response to your latest Encounters with Creeps episode asking about horrible or creepy neighbors. Um, when I was 18, I was pregnant um, with me and my husband now, but boyfriend then's uh, first child. 
we still lived at home with our parents and we found a house for a really good deal. It was in kind of a shady neighborhood, not the best area, but we needed somewhere to go. So, and we were on a budget. So that's where we went. Um, we had neighbors that the man would just come over unannounced, just walk right in, wouldn't even knock. I remember, um, he knew my husband would be at work. Um, and he would just barge in like he was welcome. (laughs) Um, and we had never established that he could do that. It was just something he did. I remember one time I was in the shower and I could hear him in the living room, like, Hey Kelly, are you home? Like, and I'm like, I'm in the shower, please leave. Like just weird stuff like that. Um, and then eventually a few years later we moved out and we were trying to sell that house So it sat vacant for a little bit and they were like, oh yeah, we'll keep an eye on things. We'll watch it for you, you know, whatever. Um, But instead they were stealing stuff out of our house. Like there was a garage in the back and we kind of used it as storage still. So they were, one day we went over there and my husband was kind of looking over the fence and saw some of our stuff in their yard and their in their van. So we called the cops and everything and they came and Um, they blamed it on their children, said their children came onto our property, took our stuff. And I mean, it was like, like my stepdad had worked at Anheuser-Busch. And so I had, um, like beer signs, um, lamps, stuff for made for bars, like neon signs and stuff. And I don't think the kids would be taking (laughs) that stuff. But anyway, they blamed their kids. Nothing happened. The cops can't really do anything at that point. Um, a few months go by and my, I had my very first car was a 95 Mustang. It at the time had like probably over 150,000 miles on it. So not super pricey. It wouldn't have brought a lot of money or anything, but it went missing and come to find out it was towed out of my backyard and to the junkyard and the junkyard took it and crushed it without any paperwork or Um, proof of ownership or anything from the people who brought it there, which we still don't know exactly what happened with that or who it was, but pretty sure they had something to do with it. And also we found out later that they were cooking meth in that house. So right next to literally right next to where my children, my babies (laughs) were living. Um, Anyway, just wanted to send in my experience with my terrible neighbors. I don't know if we call them creeps. I mean, the the shower thing was pretty creepy and he said some pretty creepy stuff every now and then. Just coming over when he knew my husband wasn't there was weird. I don't know. I just got really bad vibes from him. And then the meth thing. There's that. (laughs) But anyway, I love your show. I've been listening for a long time. I love Madeline Klein. I think she's awesome. Um, Thank you so much for listening. A neighbor that's stealing from you is you feel so defenseless. I've been there before. I had a neighbor. I lived in the upstairs apartment in the downstairs apartment. People, um, we had like shared this kind of common, uh, like entry where my stairs went up from there and they stole the shoes. They stole a bike and it was what? like, we knew it was like, well, we didn't know it was them, but it was like them and the people that were coming and going from their apartment. It was just an awful feeling because you don't want to like r- accuse them and ruffle the feathers because you're still connected to the place. So you kind of have to just like swallow it. Uh, in her case, when they said like, yeah, it was my kids, even though, like she said, 
logically, why would the kids steal this like Anheuser Busch memorabilia? But you also can't. And like, like way to throw your children under the bus. But of course, the people brewing meth will throw their kids under the bus. True. Yeah. Unfortunate then, they've procreated at all. Yeah, and then the whole car thing. Do you when you bring a car to like a scrapyard to get crushed? Like, would they buy it from you? Maybe they buy it and they strip like the valuable stuff and then crush what's left. Yeah, I don't know how that works. And mm-hmm. the fact that it sounds like it happened pretty quickly. They're like, yeah, we have this car. Go ahead and crush it. Mm-hmm. But I think if you like, went to a scrapyard with like just this car that you towed there or something, there's parts of the car that they would probably salvage, take out to sell. And then whatever's left, the frame and stuff, maybe they'd squish. So maybe these neighbors like had the car towed, you know, it probably cost them a hundred bucks to get the car towed and they probably sold it for 200. But why was it even allowed to be towed? She said it was in their backyard. So it wasn't mm-hmm. even on their property or like on but, a city street. But they kind of shared like a house with this neighbor. So, oh, it was okay. I'm picturing I, I, like a fence. Hey, okay, I'm picturing them sharing like a building, but I could, I could be wrong. But this is this all seems sketchy to me. I think they knew someone at the junkyard. Uh, She says maybe not creeps, but bad neighbors. I say they're creeps. Absolutely. He was coming into your house unannounced when you're in the shower. And like she's a young woman and, you know, her husband, boyfriend, whatever is out. They're new neighbors. Why are you inviting yourself into their home? Yeah, like, there's there's one thing about like there's some people that are just really kind of like overly friendly and don't have those kind of boundaries. So I can kind of maybe yes. see that. Um, it also sounds like they were on drugs. Yeah. So that never helps. I, I can't imagine it will. Um, well, and like that would be the worst to move into a new place and then your neighbors somehow have like this weird sense of ownership on like the house itself, maybe because they were friends with the previous tenants mm-hmm. owners whatever it would just be like mm, no like get out of here man i don't miss having like neighbors and roommates like in the same building as me i don't miss that yeah um let's go across the pond to the uk uh, kitty is a regular listener and contributor to to this show she sends voice memos often she knows more about weird canadian stories than most canadians do it seems um so she's often contributing to the keep canada weird series But Kitty, too, is not immune to creepy neighbours. Here's her story. Hi, Jordan. This is um, following on from your series about creeps. Um, I've contacted the show before, but I wanted to share um, a creep story. Um, This one actually took place in Oxford in the UK, um, but it did involve a Canadian. So I suppose you could term it an expat creep story. Um, So we lived in a very quiet street. Um, My dad um, moved out when I was eight and my sister was six. Um, Our neighbour across the road was a very respectable um, businessman who drove a posh car. His wife was very friendly with my mum. Anyway, shortly after our dad moved out, Um, me and my sister began to see him undressing at the window upstairs. Um, We thought it was a joke at first. We thought it was hilarious. Um, We told our mum and she just said, stop spying on him, close the curtains. It's just a mistake. 
Um, so one evening we went upstairs, we were playing and uh, we saw him um, and he was undressing. He had nothing on his bottom half um, and he started waving to us and we called our mum. She ran upstairs and she uh, she saw him in the act. Um, he was actually pointing at his private parts um waving them about he obviously didn't realize that mum was there um and she was absolutely shocked um anyway we went to school the next day and our mum actually went across the road to confront him um with a frying pan under her coat it's a true story and uh, he initially said that uh, he didn't realise he was doing anything wrong, that he was just messing about and he thought it was good fun. Um, she told him that she'd taken photos and she threatened to tell his wife. Um, and thankfully, it stopped after that. So, yeah, there's an expat creep story. And uh yeah, all these years later, I still have images of um, that man uh, waving things around in the window. Anyway, thank you for a great show. That is predator behavior. And I'll bet you not the last time he did that um, to young yeah. people. Well over the legal boundary, like you could be, that's like a prison sentence crime. Absolutely. And I don't think it matters how old the victims are. Like they were like, it's, it's worse against children, but anyone who doesn't consent to see that is like, ugh. She, uh, I maybe I missed at the beginning. Did she say she was 13? I thought she said her and her sister were six and eight. Oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah. Oh, oh. my God. And at um, first they thought it was funny or whatever, but then they were like, oh. He's doing this on purpose and it's actually very uncomfortable. Yeah. And then you got to live there. And then imagine like, what did, what did he think was going to happen? Their mom had to go over there with a frying pan and threaten to tell his wife, like you didn't think of that before. What's wrong with you? I feel for Kitty. Uh, how great is her accent? I was just going to say she has the loveliest accent. I, it, dialects really vary in the uk obviously but oh, that one's really nice <laughs> yeah i enjoyed it immensely okay let's go to the next one this uh this is a listener named jordan this is actually going to be our last creep story or our last creepy neighbor story but oh my goodness it's a doozy this is a listener named jordan from new brunswick who moved into an apartment um and found herself uh with walking into an unimaginably complicated and disturbing situation. Listen to what Jordan did or what happened to Jordan. Thankfully a different Jordan than me. Hi, nighttime podcast. Uh, my name is Jordan and I'm from Moncton, New Brunswick. Uh, this is a creepy neighbor story. So, Back in 2015, I moved into this triplex, and in the triplex, the landlord was living underneath of me. I had moved in when I was in college with my boyfriend at the time. Um, it was a really cheap apartment. The internet was included, so we thought that was a great deal. 
Um, the landlord was a single male who had a dog. And um, by all accounts, he was quirky. One of the things that I think back on now when I um, know all of the information about this story is about how he, when we were looking at the apartment, he had said, do you guys ever get these weird emails from Disney saying that you're like illegally streaming their stuff that they're going to charge you? My boyfriend and I at the time were just both like, "Mm, no. So anyways, we moved in October um, and by all accounts, everything was fine until January or February. When I was in college on Mondays, I didn't have class and I was still laying in bed trying to catch some um, extra sleep when all of a sudden I hear the doors being knocked on very loudly. Um, If you've ever heard the RCMP knock on doors, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. So I wake up and I go to the front window in my apartment, which faces the street. And I see an RCMP officer with an assault rifle pointed at my landlord's door. I also notice at least 10 marked cars and two or three unmarked cars, as well as a van, like the uh, crime scene investigations van, out in front of the apartment. And like I said, they are pointing a assault rifle at my landlord's door. So I panic because this was back in 2016. And this is before marijuana was legal in Canada. We can just leave it at that. Anyways, so I panic. I am in a nightgown. Um, it's a Monday morning. I am frantically hiding all of the marijuana products in my apartment. Some time passes and two officers come up to my apartment door and I open up the door and they say, hello, we are from the child exploitation investigation division of the RCMP. We're here conducting an investigation and we would like to ask you a few questions. My face goes bright red. I am panicked. This is the middle of my first year of child and youth care at college, and I have no idea why they could possibly be there. So anyways, I bring them into my apartment, we sit down, and they tell me that they're investigating my landlord, whose name is Sean Sullivan. Sean Sullivan is being looked at, and they just have some questions about, you know, who uses the internet? What does Sean do? Who lives in the apartment? Does Sean ever have any people over? Etc. Etc. I am still panicking at this time. I asked them, um, like, what, what is going on? They basically say, don't worry, we're not looking at you. This is about him. And they will contact me if they have any more questions. They take a written statement and they move on. I never hear back from the RCMP. Um, Next thing I know, my internet is shut off. Remember, like I had said, the internet was included with the rent. So the internet's shut off. Um, I don't see my landlord for several days. Um, One day, his sister shows up telling me that she'll be the one collecting the rent now. And 
few months pass. My landlord is around. He has a flip phone. This is 2016. Most people don't have flip phones at this time. He, um, but he never mentions anything about, you know, where he's been for the last month or so, why he has a flip phone. But he does tell me that he is renovating his bottom apartment um, and that the bank is seeking all of his tenants have a lease, a year lease. At this time, we had had a month-to-month lease, and we weren't interested in signing a year lease. So we let him know that we're going to be moving out. Um, We move out in August that year. Of course, we didn't want to be living atop somebody who was being investigated by the Child Exploitation Division of the RCMP. Anyhow, fast forward, I'm going to say at least a year, if not a year and a half, hadn't heard anything about this man. Um, My mom forwards me a news article by the CTV saying that Sean Sullivan had been um, charged and found guilty of child porn and other, I guess child porn is not the right word, child sexual assault material is the right word, Um, and that he was being sentenced to whatever time it was, but also that he had previous charges, and he was breaking the conditions of those charges by accessing the internet and owning a computer. So anyways, yeah, like I said, this is my creepy neighbor story who also happened to be a creepy landlord. Um, I guess the moral of the story is that you never know who the person that you are living atop of is. Terrifying. And uh, yeah, thanks for doing this segment and uh Can't wait to hear everybody else's creepy neighbor stories because I know I'm not the only one. She is far from the only one with a creepy neighbor, but making it a creepy landlord, child porn, police showing up with guns. Oh, that is a friggin' story. Well, and he somehow used his tenants to get away with the internet thing. Yeah, that seems like like it could. Yeah, if it was all shared internet. It, whatever it wasn't in his name or it was it was under some sort of landlord clause i don't know whatever it is but it's uh yeah that's oh my god she must have been freaking out and i like the the part of the story where she just happened to be stoned that morning when they all showed up and so she had to run around the house hiding everything and then she invites them in she's probably like does I'm it done. smell in here i'm done <laughs> They're Meanwhile, they're like, we don't care. <laughs> yeah, it's way bigger than that. Yeah, that's awful. Um, sharing a building with someone is it can be such a mixed bag. Having like living with someone as a you know a roommate in your place could be a freak across the street. You know, it's people are so you complicated and never screwed know. up. It's you're yeah. always. I find with people, I'm always disappointed, never surprised. Is that That's you're saying? Right. Never surprised, always disappointed. Mm-hmm. That's why the bad neighbor stories make sense because it's it's like, of course, this stuff is happening. There's so many freaks out there. And it's it's often the people you would never expect. Mm-hmm. Like I just just a couple months ago, um, I only met this guy once because I worked with his girlfriend like 10 years ago. But 
through the grapevine, I find out that I know a girl that, how does that work now? She grew up with him and his brothers or something. Um, but yeah, guess, guess who just caught a child porn charge. <sighs> and it's like, oh, that's unexpected. And weird. I guess you, and you never gross. know what someone does when they're alone yeah. in their room with their laptop or whatever, but it is it's a workout going through these i i i find it's like to jump from one to the other it's like oh oh cautionary yeah. tales but it's like it's light because because we can kind of laugh at them at some point but then it's also upsetting and disturbing especially it spirals like, really quick yeah it is uh it, it does and uh the bad neighbors was a good um was a good addition to this. I think going forward, I was initially we had talked about doing like a bad neighbor episode, a bad roommate episode, a, you know, a random creep episode. I think just blending them together because ultimately it's all just creepy encounters with creeps. Yeah, seriously. And it's just yeah. different, different genres of creep encounters and creepy neighbors slash bad neighbors is just another genre of this. Uh, I'm ready now to call out for people to share their experiences with bad slash creepy co-workers because we all have those oh those are going to be bad yeah there's um i've worked at quite a few places where there are memorable co-workers that i hope to never see again and i'm sure everybody listening has one have ones um any more bad neighbors bad roommates i still got quite a few to save for our next episode which will be part six in the series and that's probably be a month or so away so anyone listening who has a story to share an encounter with a creep, a bad roommate, a bad neighbor, a freaky, weird coworker. Uh, we want to hear about it. Yeah, we do. <laughs> well, the coworkers, that's going to be an episode all, all in itself. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of weird coworkers out there. There's just a lot of weird people, and there's so many yeah. opportunities to connect with them. It's such a shame. I learned a long time ago that like normal doesn't exist. Like I'm probably not normal to many people. So... <laughs> <laughs> you're at the top of the list <laughs> yeah like yeah she is not normal with me <laughs> <laughs> it's because i'm so comfortable with you well there's you just, just to yourself yeah it's true there's just um no one is normal but there's like a certain type of abnormal that you can handle and yeah and it's like uh we have our abnormals are compatible with each other so it works yeah, it but, does. Uh, I like that. Chris Cunningham says you could consider ending these stories with a wholesome story about rescued pets or something. <laughs> That's a great idea. <laughs> That's a uh, yeah. We we do need like some kind of way to end this where you don't just shut off the podcast and you have to kind of sit in the creepy mess. You have to go shower. Uh, did your cats <laughs> do anything cute today? They are cute all the time. Like they could simply be sleeping, and I'm like. Oh my God, you're perfect. Yeah, I like when you, I love the pictures you take of your sleeping cats. I'm the same with my kids. If you go through my camera roll on my phone, it's like half screenshots of memes and half my kids sleeping. And that's <laughs> what it is with me, except with my cats. Oh. <laughs> and yeah, they're usually sleeping. I love when they sleep. They're not destroying anything when they sleep. The, living so things lovely. just become like little angels when they're asleep, whether it's cats or dogs or kids or whatever. And when they do like the stretch and roll. Oh. Yeah. You're tearing up. I want to. I want to go see them. Yeah, <laughs> as I just banished the one out of here because I can't trust them. <laughs> oh, yeah, all right. Well, uh, I love your cats too.
I want to thank you for joining Madeleine Klein and I for this episode of the Nighttime Podcast. Now, I'm going to start wrapping things up here, but before we part, let me end with some thanks. First, a huge and sincere thanks to everyone out there who took the time to share their creep encounters with us. These stories, like those shared in the prior episodes, serve as a great reminder to keep our eyes open and our wits about us. And to any other listeners out there who have a story to share, I'm going to be doing a sixth episode in this series, and I'd love to feature your story. You can share it with me at nighttimepodcast.com slash contact. And again, it doesn't have to just be a random creep. It could be an awful neighbor, an awful roommate, or an awful coworker. Just let us know about the creeps you've encountered. We hope to hear from you. Next, a big thanks to Monty Data, who contributes the music for this series. A shout out to LJ from the Dystopian Simulation podcast, who provides my intro and outro voiceovers. And lastly, but most importantly, a massive thank you goes out to every one of you listening to Nighttime, as without your interest and your support, this show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. And on the topic of support, let me thank the newest subscribers to the premium feed. Jillian, KK, and Anne, thank you for going premium. And for anyone else who'd like to support the show, you can do it in a variety of ways. First of all, a premium feed subscription costs only a couple dollars a month and both funds the creation of the show while giving you access to an ad-free two-day early release date with access to a full back catalog of nighttime episodes. And if for whatever reason you don't want to go premium, you can still help the show by simply sharing this episode on social media and letting like-minded friends know what we're doing here. If you have any story ideas, want to give feedback on the show, or would like to submit a question or comment to be aired and responded to in an upcoming episode, you can do all that and more at nighttimepodcast.com. We hope to hear from you. But until then, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and let me know if you see anything weird. The Nighttime Podcast is written, hosted, and produced by Jordan Bonaparte. Um, but we have no reason to believe it was particularly serious. You got the right one, honey, because I'm a crazy bitch. Please believe me. Get the f*** off the train.